HVAC 360 is brought to you today by the 7th edition of Construction Excuses. From classics like My Dog Ate My Submittal and I Put It In Like the Engineer Drew It to new ones such as My Computer Was Infected with Ransomware and A Self-Driving Car Hit the Delivery Truck. We got you covered for any situation. So order yours today. Available at some bookstores near you. Not available at Amazon.com. Hey, what's up? Welcome back. This is episode number 89. Matt Nelson here, your host for HVAC 360, helping you go further faster in the field of HVAC. Listen up and you'll hear stories, industry experts, and top off your HVAC knowledge. Uh, those who you new here, uh, definitely go and subscribe to my list at HVAC360.com to get access to bonus material and games that I serve up on a weekly basis. So what's up for this week? This week, I wanted to talk to you uh, about being an advocate as it relates to your profession. Uh, there's typically meetings in your local area, school boards, planning commissions, city councils, uh, where it's good that you as a professional stand up uh, and say something when issues arise that are really in your area of expertise, uh, whether it's really to show your support, educate, or speak up as to why something is wrong or unwise. As a professional, really, you need to protect the public good. Uh, it is in most, if not all, of the code of conduct statements that I've seen. Personally, I've advocated a couple of times, uh, just yesterday, in fact, and thought I would share with you some tips and best practices. But first, a brief word from our sponsor. All right, so what is an advocate? An advocate, by definition, is really somebody who publicly supports an issue. And really, why why even bother? Uh, I think for a couple of reasons. First, it's a good habit or skill uh, that you're probably going to need sometime in your life. Like most things, you do it infrequently, but I feel it's an important part of being a responsible professional. Uh, second, many societies and nonprofits really can't be political, but you as an individual, uh, the gates are open. You can feel free to uh, express yourself any way you want. And lastly, uh, because you're smarter than the average bear, a little tip of the hat to uh, Yogi Bear there, uh, you're an expert and you understand the impact. Uh, people who hold office may not understand all the details. And by showing support, uh, that really confirms for them that they're really doing the right thing. And some critical feedback lets them know that there may be something else to an issue that they're not aware of and that they should probably take a look at. So uh, that is why we should do it. Um, going into it, and this is going to be different for everybody. Conditions may vary uh, based on your location, but and depending on, uh, I've spoken on a, a state level and I've spoken on a local level, so they're they're kind of uh, they're different. But what you may run into, just so you're aware, uh, you may be asked to sign up to speak uh, or sign in. Uh, you may be asked to provide a written statement of your remarks. Uh, you may be asked to uh, provide uh, copies of your written statement. Um, and this is something that you should probably kind of research a little bit beforehand. Uh, note that you're probably going to be recorded. Uh, 
you will definitely be nervous. Uh, you're going to speak in public, and that is a uh, you know one of a common fear for most people. Take deep breaths, and if if you know you're going to do this in the future. Uh, why don't you look into Toastmasters International? Another shout-out for them. Uh, I think I mentioned them way back in episode number one on communication. So that really gets you in the habit of speaking in front of other people. Also, you're going to probably be asked to state your name, uh, and if it's a unusual name, you're probably going to have to spell it for them, um, and your address or affiliation. Now, why necessarily your address? Well, if you're speaking on a local issue, they like to know or they give it more weight if somebody who is local has come to speak rather than somebody from another town, district, or uh, or state. You're not just some ordinary person coming in there trying to raise, raise a fuss. All right. Also, you're going to be limited in time. Uh, typically, I've seen it around three minutes. If it, if you t- if what you say has to take more than three minutes, you need to pare it down. Um, again, knowing the rules uh, can be important. Um, and you may, if you go too long, you may be you may get cut off. So you may lose the opportunity to really kind of finish what you want to say. So cut it down, review it, and figure out what the important parts are of it. Also, uh, as lastly, you know, your audience may have questions for you at the end, uh, but most likely, if you're just making a statement, uh, they're going to thank you uh, for coming and go on to other speakers or just continue with the meeting agenda. So some of the best practices that I can share with you, uh, first off, uh, if you're going to speak at a meeting or, you know, Find out when they are. Just attend a meeting before you have to speak at it. This can help so much for various reasons. Uh, You get the flow. You understand who the players are. um, And you know kind of the procedures. You can kind of scope out the whole area. Uh, You can also, if you can't do that, you can also review an agenda online. Most of the public entities post their agendas ahead of time. uh, So you can take a look at that. Um, Write down your remarks. Um, and run through them a couple of times, it, you know, depending on what you're going to say. You want to be clear, um, and you're not going to be graded for looking down at your speech the whole time. Obviously, you know, if you make eye contact, that's going to really come across a lot better. You're going to make your point. Um, it's going to be more meaningful if you can make that eye contact, but you're not in speech and debate. You're not going to be graded on memorizing your entire speech and giving it to them. So just write it down. This is mostly because of, you know, you want to be able to boil down what you're talking about. You don't you want to be able to focus on your message. You don't want to be rambling all over the place. If you start to ramble, you're going to go over time. A lot of times when you write down what you're going to say, uh, you may say it faster uh, than you typically do because you have all this adrenaline just pumping through your system. Um, And if you don't, you might just kind of meander or missed something that you really want to get across. Um, obviously, when you um, get there, you're going to, after stating your name, you want to kind of acknowledge, you know, thank you for, you know, giving me the time to speak. Um, and this is where a part of uh, attending previous uh, meetings come into play because you're able to uh, see exactly what other people are doing. So you can kind of, you know, not look like 
you know, um, this is your first rodeo, which, you know, it may be, you know, the first time you're speaking in front of this group. But if you see somebody else and you see how they do it and they look professional, well, you can kind of emulate that. I mean, there's no there's no shame in, in doing that. Um, you want to state your expertise. Obviously, that's the reason why you're coming here as a professional. Um, but briefly state your expertise. Again, it's just three minutes. It, you should boil, be able to boil it down into a simple sentence or maybe a, a little bit longer sentence. But just state it concisely, clearly in the front. Um, use everyday language. Now, this is going to be really important because you're, con- you're, you're talking to essentially the owner. You want to be able to convey what you have to say and the concepts in a simple, um, in simple verbiage and simple terms that they can understand. Uh, you should be developing this anyway, but when you're speaking to boards, it's going to be the same skill. So learn how to say things in their language. If you're going to use some sort of technical term, like you just can't get around it, um, you know, stop after you say it and then kind of explain exactly what that means. That certainly helps. You want to be able to make, you know, highlight points uh, by using stories, obviously not long stories, but short stories. You want to be able to connect with emotions. If there's a way that you can connect, connect with emotions, that's going to make your delivery that much better. Uh, you know, obviously it's, it's, uh, I've heard it a couple of times, but people don't necessarily remember what you say, but they remember how you made them feel. So by connecting with stories and emotions, those are some things that people remember and take back. Instead of just you know rambling on, um, rambling on with your point. Also, you want to kind of circle back at the end of your statement. You want to reiterate your main point. Um, again, if you've been Toastmasters, this is this is kind of you know standard stuff. But if not, reiterate your main point at the end. You want to leave them with the last thing, um, the m- most important point. Uh, that you have in your speech. Thank them for their time and then, you know, sit down. You may get a chance to uh, approach them afterwards uh, if you want to talk further about, you know, things that you've you've mentioned. Um, you may not necessarily get that opportunity, so you may have to call them afterwards or you may end up sending them an email. And that's that's a, also a, you know, valid way to follow up. Um, Go to the next meeting. Maybe you get a chance beforehand uh, to talk with them a little bit um, and see how it goes. Usually, one of the, you know these things don't happen overnight. It's not a one and done. You have a couple uh, meetings that you can actually attend uh, to be heard. And you know, if you are going to attend multiple meetings um, and and state things over and over again. Change up your message. Don't don't repeat the same remarks that you did from a previous version. You want to you want to change it up. Maybe you hit a different topic, a different highlight, uh, things like that. So you really want to kind of change it up, keep it fresh, and uh, make sure that they know that you're not just sitting there on repeat. All right. Well, that's a wrap for this week. It was a brief one, but thank you again for your time. I do greatly appreciate you for listening. Uh, I hope this was helpful. Uh, If you know somebody who's looking into advocating and this might help them, uh, why don't you go ahead and share it? Um, Also, as I mentioned at the top of the show, subscribe to my list if you haven't already at HVAC360.com for weekly updates. And uh, I would greatly appreciate anybody who's willing to 
consider leaving me a rating or a review on iTunes. I give everybody a, a shout out if they do that. I do appreciate it. So that's a wrap for this episode of HVAC. Again, I'm Matt Nelson, helping you go further, faster in the field of HVAC. And as always, know what you build and share what you know. <laughs> <laughs>